This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello, everyone. This is the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And whoever you are, wherever you are, we thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Radio Techers. This is a conversation between my good friend Mags from Badlands Podcast and myself as we discuss the UEFA Champions League finals between PSG and Bayern Munich. We take a look at the tactical view of everything, as well as maybe some ramifications of what's to follow here. Uh, So once again, we thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Thank you again. Welcome everybody to the very first, possibly, question mark, episode of Radio Techers. Yes, indeed. Uh, I am the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and don't let my accent fool you. Yes, I am American. Um, you, you typically get these podcasts with British radio show hosts, but, but, but that's not me. Um, I do have a Brit here with me, though, my good friend Mags. Mags, how are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well. Um, just finished watching a, a very interesting end to this year's crazy Champions League schedule. Um, yeah, let's 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 get down to the nitty gritty. I, I agree. Let's get down to it here because uh, what's what's interesting is that you and I have have met each other through very different channels here, uh, but we've we've <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've... <laughs> We've found our love uh, of, of the beautiful game here, and uh, yeah, I want to kind of talk about kind of what we've seen overall here in the Champions League today. Uh, two very interesting teams, both with very different approaches and play, very different uh, histories and philosophies, it seems here. Uh, Bayern Munich and PSG uh, were your finalists here, with Bayern Munich winning 1-0 uh, at the full 90 minutes here. Uh, Mags... <clears throat> I think a lot of people came into this game thinking that this was going to be very much a full-throttle, balls-to-the-walls attacking-based game, and it doesn't seem like we got that here. Uh, No, it absolutely doesn't, and 
it, it it feels to me like both teams have been on such a great run in in this in this cup that they've they've kind of cancelled each other out almost like a like a game of chess where mm. you had the the kind of free flowing um, play of, of of PSG where the 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 guys are Neymar and Mbappe often switch sides and they're really hard to pin down. Uh, against the very kind of structured play of uh, of Bayern Munich, obviously leading straight through to through Lewandowski, both teams have, have kind of approached this whole uh, tournament in very different ways, but have got quite similar results where they've absolutely dominated opponents. Yeah, and it just seems that we've got the two best teams in in the tournament kind of cancel each other out and, and pre-recording uh, I kind of likened it to uh, uh, an MMA match when you get mm. uh, someone rising through the ranks and they're absolutely demolishing everybody in the wake but then they get to those kind of like um, upper echelon fights those title fights and they, they come up against someone who, who really kind of counters their their style and it, it, it kind of feels like that's what we got where Bayern and, and PSG were 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 just able to to counter each other so much to kind of almost stifle the the game. It, it felt like a very a very boring game in terms of <laughs> if you if not in I mean to watch the game as itself it, it was a it was a, a a really interesting game to watch. But if you compare it to what what these teams have done to get here, mm. it's it's that it's boring. If you understand what I mean, if you you like comparing the the paths to to the final. Right. Well, and I think you've you've raised really a lot of very good points here um, that 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 I, I would like to touch on real quick because um, it, it is very much like a heavyweight title fight. You do have that. Um, I guess the 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 one rising through the ranks and PSG, who's had um, for for better or worse, they they've definitely. Um, put a lot of money into their squad uh, mm-hmm. to, to make it as great as it possibly can be with the names like Neymar and Mbappe. Uh, it, you, you certainly have um, definitely some great offense going in there. Um, but they do come up against you know uh, Bayern Munich here, uh, who really and truly they've had... And both teams really do have, I guess, a good balance of youth and experience within the squad. But I think Bayern just had that that little, I don't know, little bit of extra craftiness, a little bit more of that. We've been here before. We've we we know what to do in these kind of situations. Uh, they, they just kind of kept their cool a little bit more than PSG did. I think throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and I think even the run up to to this, even not even just in the Champions League, but in in all competitions, I think this was like the twenty first consecutive victory that they've had. So they really are riding a, a massive wave of uh, of confidence. Uh, Hansi Flicker, when he came in charge in in November, has worked wonders with his team. He's really kind of instilled. Um, uh, a really strong kind of core in the team uh, and a, a self-belief that that perhaps wasn't there uh, over the last couple of years, especially when you come to the to the Champions League. I think they've uh, yeah they, we we may be seeing the kind of uh, changing of the guard in terms of uh, dominance in European football. Well, yeah, and and I think that that's something um, very interesting too. Is that you do have somebody like like Flick who's who's come in uh, very, 
I don't know, late, <laughs> I, I guess, if you will, mm. into the in, into the season and really kind of righted the ship a little bit. I don't think that there was nearly this expectation of, okay, Byron's going to go in. And I, I, I think that there's always the expectation for Byron to win the, the Bundesliga, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that there's always that expectation of, you know, um, well, with this team here, with us, you know, getting rid of the manager midway through the season, uh, winning a Champions League is something totally unexpected for this team. Absolutely, and and yet they've been so massively dominant, and not just dominant against uh, lower caliber teams. Against they've been dominant against what what were arguably the the elite of the elite. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and and that kind of brings that up too. Is uh, you mentioned that this this being the two best teams here, um, and and it does make me wonder. And don't get me wrong, uh, as as a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't want anybody to say that my season was kind of a, a an asterisk season here myself. But I mean, with with Bayern kind of going down in the way that they did last year in the Champions League to Liverpool. Uh, compared to, I guess, the Bayern Munich now and with us having single knockout games and this kind of thing here. I mean, did we really get the right two teams here at the end of the day, you think? Um, I mean, you look at the, the teams on, on paper and these are champion Champions League final teams. Uh, we, mm. would have, we, would, we would have expected someone from England because England <laughs> and Spain are, are looked at... No, they, but they are. They looked at as the... the the, the dominant leagues mm. um, but I think just coming out of this COVID era um, I think the English teams kind of like was, they really struggled to find the footing and the, the Spanish teams have, have, have gone out with a whimper uh, <laughs> apart from obviously apart from obviously Sevilla I mean we've we've spoke at length uh, in the DMs about how uh, Barcelona are a team that are, are fundamentally damaged and the hmm. the win the win uh, the eight two win that that Bayern got over them, it kind of uh, for me rubber stamps the fact that we're getting out of this kind of dominance from the English and the Spanish teams and 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 teams like Bayern and and, and Paris who have been knocking on the door but never able to kind of quite um, get to the to the like the last stages of, of the cup. Um, I think we're starting to see these teams who may be very, very dominant for a long, long time to come. I would say you're 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 very much in the right direction here. In that, I would fully expect for Bayern to uh, to still come away strong. I think the last time that they won the Champions League, they then installed Pep Guardiola into mm-hmm. uh, the management spot as uh, Jupp Heynckes was uh, uh, retiring uh, and. Um, they never really got that that era of dominance that they, I guess, were looking for with Pep Guardiola. He went in there, he kind of tinkered with the system. You know, he did have them play some very, uh, some very uh, fantastic looking, some very beautiful football. Um, but it was never really, I don't know, it didn't ever really come across as Bayern's style. Um, mm-hmm. And and they've, I guess they've they've taken this last six or seven years, um, and and really come across this next. Champions League win, making it number six, uh, almost by accident, it seems, um, which which is fairly interesting. Um, I, I've I've actually got sats uh, on here per uh, Squawka.com. Uh, that's S Q U A W K A 
Um, uh, for the Champions League, the 2019-2020 Champions League games here, um, well, I guess that's... Uh, uh, I guess that would be this year. Uh, 10 games <laughs> played each. Uh, 42 goals for Bayern Munich overall, I guess making it 43. <clears throat> of 25 goals uh, to PSG here. Uh, so, again, I think that that goes kind of hand-in-hand with kind of what we expected here going to the game. Bayern Munich trying to fire out on offense here. But I really do think that they end up respecting Neymar and Mbappe for their speed and their cunningness, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and they somewhat backed off a little bit. You still saw, um, you know, Alfonso Davies, you know, sprinting up the, the wing and, and overlapping on the wings there. Um, but it, it, they did seem overall a bit more conservative, uh, than in the previous outing where they just took Barcelona and, you know, took them outside behind the barn, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a case of knowing that Paris had um, a lot of momentum, and Barcelona were were a team in in crisis. Um, it's 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 good that that Bayern Munich are able to kind of change the way that they play to kind of like uh, counteract the, the the teams that they're coming up against. And an interesting stat that was brought up uh, in the in the the lead up to this match was that between these two teams. They've had uh, going into the final nearly three hundred attempts on goal. I think uh, Bayern had one hundred and sixty-five, and and uh, Paris Saint-Germain had uh, one hundred and thirty-four, which is absolutely mind-blowing. That they that they've been so uh, attack-minded. It's um, it's it's been a really fun uh, Champions League uh, tournament to watch. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the single knockout? Uh, format that they've had going now. I mean, I, I know that we've been used to having uh, two-leg uh, games uh, and, and two-leg series uh, in, the, in the Champions League for quite some time now. Um, but there is uh, somewhat of an internal response from UEFA themselves saying, you know, maybe we'll stay with this single elimination uh, format here. Um, I, I mean, do you find that to maybe be more favorable perhaps uh, as a viewer or, or I mean, is this something that might be actually ultimately detrimental uh, to, to other teams uh, that, that, that compete that maybe don't have the spending power of PSG or don't have, um, you know, that uh, uh, I, I guess that, that Royal sense, uh, you know, the, you know, the, uh, I guess that, that cunningness that uh, Bayern Munich have always displayed in big tournaments like these. Yeah, I, I, I can see uh, an argument for both sides. Uh, um, I mean, we're we're from a country that uh, has the FA Cup, which is always kind of one leg, uh, no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. But it, the 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 reason that they have two legs is clearly because it's money making. They they get more from the television deals. So if if UEFA are thinking of of having just one leg uh, knockout stages, I would not be surprised if they didn't kind of like increase the. The, the amount of teams that enter in the first place so they'll get double the amount of groups uh, maybe so we're, instead of having like a um, a last 32 and a last 16 we end up with a last 64 and, and they fit an extra round in with a whole kind of a extra amount of TV matches um, I wouldn't be unhappy either way I like both the the, the two legs I think the the away goes rule is uh, one of the more exciting rules in, in European football mm. uh, but I also do like the the instant kind of knockout and 
basically whatever happens on the day that you made the cards fall wherever they fall. I, I would say so. Um, I, I do like that single elimination format, though. Uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted as you are. I, I, I think that the, the home and away thing, um, the formatting here, really does fit a lot. I think for single elimination, you almost want to have neutral ground. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why this works so well. you know. But like, imagine going, uh, playing in a, sim- uh, in a single elimination game uh, in like, at, at Anfield or or at um, you know uh, <laughs> uh, Signal and Duna Park in, in, in Dortmund or in, in Munich or at the Santiago Bernabeu, it, those stadiums would be rocking. You you would have no mm-hmm. <laughs> no hope. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. If, yeah, if you're the away side, I mean it, it. I like the idea. I like where they're going with it. If this is something where with COVID that we're having to stay maybe doing these, you know, no fans games or restricted fans access games, you know, if we have to do it at a neutral venue, then yeah, single elimination, I'm totally cool with it. But I think that uh, over the two legs, it just makes more financial sense to me. It makes more sporting sense to me uh, to, to, to have it over two legs. I don't know, man. It's uh, yeah. I'm and, conflicted. And, and you, you raise a good point as well because um, – there's a lot of uh, kind of pressure on UEFA to to uh, to kind of combat against this dominance from a very select few teams. Uh, it's very rare that you see uh, uh, a smaller team kind of rise through and and really kind of challenge these guys. Mm. Um, and I think going to a one leg format where the these smaller teams kind of can't have don't have a, a home home match can't really get the the in, income and the revenue in from from having teams like Barcelona or Man United playing at their ground it it, it kind of like defeats the point of 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 them striving to get into the Champions League mm, exactly I mean you you wouldn't really you know, maybe have these experiences like you would have with an Atalanta, perhaps, where who mm-hmm. you know they they had a very uh, wonderful run through the Champions League this year. Um, after uh, after Liverpool was eliminated, I was very much interested in seeing what Atalanta could do. Um, but um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, some some minor or major transfer news, depending on uh, how you uh, how you view this here. Um, a pre-game Fabrizio Romano, sports journalist based out of Milan, Italy, uh, report, uh, reported with uh, Sky Sports that, uh, quote, tonight will be Thiago's last game for Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern and Liverpool will start uh, talks next week about a fee. The player has already agreed personal terms with Liverpool and wants to play under Jurgen Klopp and in the Premier League. Uh Mags, you and I had previously discussed uh, again in, through Twitter DMs uh, about uh, the prospect of Thiago uh, Alcantara uh, playing for Liverpool or, or transferring here, and it, it does seem somewhat unlikely uh, at first. Uh, but he put on a a very masterful performance in midfield tonight. I think. Yeah, he he was the rock that that kind of held that 
that um, the middle of the park for for Bayern. They're going to very much miss him when when he does leave. Um, and I think uh, we spoke about um, perhaps Liverpool were were looking to hold off and and sign him on a free when his I think his contract runs out in maybe six months. Mm-hmm. Sign him on a free then, uh, but then we we've got the the whiff of Arsenal waiting in the wings. There we're looking to to kind of like swoop in. So it does make sense for Liverpool to 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 get the man that they've they've, they've clearly been going for. I mm. think for for someone of his age. Uh, a, and especially with it being like such a, a buyer's market now that that maybe 30 million was a little bit too much, but I think now this talks of it being dropped to maybe 23 million, uh, which is still a lot for a, for someone who's uh, in the 30s, but he would definitely uh, fit very well into mm-hmm. into the Liverpool team, um, perhaps taking the place of someone who, who was potentially on the way out to uh, to Barcelona. I, uh, that's uh, that's exactly where I was going to go. Actually, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we've we've had uh, you know the the whiffs of news that pretty much any Dutch player who's ever lived or breathed <laughs> may be on their way to Barcelona uh, <laughs> to to play with them. And I think considering the the absolute hammering uh, that uh, that Bayern gave Barcelona, uh, which was very reminiscent, I think, of uh, when Germany took down Brazil uh, a mm-hmm. couple of World Cups ago. Um, I, I feel like that was, um, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a very interesting time if you're a Barcelona fan. Um, uh, obviously, Genie Vinaldum being, I guess, linked to Barcelona, that would be a pretty dream, uh, pretty much a dream move for, for anybody. Um, I, I think that uh, Vinaldum would bring a certain, I guess, steel to Barcelona. And if I think that the, if I think the fee would be right, uh, then I think that you could see Barcelona. You know, pick up Vinaldum, leading to Liverpool complete the signing of Thiago, uh, who does happen to be a couple years younger uh, than than Vinaldum himself. Um, Mags, where does PSG perhaps go after this here? Because I, I think that Bayern Munich have pretty much done as much transfer business as they can at the moment with uh, the Leroy Sané signing. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, they do still feel like there's maybe a few more pieces left needed, but I mean, Bayern can certainly look internally for that. Uh, but what about PSG? They they seem to be have almost been somewhat unusually quiet as far as transfer rumors go. Yeah, I think uh, PSG are. Uh, w- are a team waiting, waiting to see the fallout from uh, from Man City's uh, challenge of of the the financial fair play rules um, to see whether uh, financial fair play is something that's going to be uh, sticking around. I think if it doesn't stick around, which is very likely because of the way the the, the court for arbitration in sport uh, basically said it, it was unworkable. I think we're going to see teams like like PSU who, who've got huge backing I think we're going to see them spend a hell of a lot of money uh, and I think a lot of people kind of underestimate how big a game this was to PSG mm. this was um this was a five years in the making when uh, since the uh, since the the Qataris took over and really invested a hell of a lot of money into this club to 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 win a Champions League to become the best best club in Europe, they they, they went out and signed players like Neymar, players like Mbappe, uh, and and Di, Di Maria to to really kind of solidify that. And for this match, 
was kind of the culmination of of Neymar coming out of the shadows of Messi, uh, becoming potentially the best player in the world, mm. really kind of solidifying him making the right move. And the fact that they haven't been able to do that, he must be doubly devastated uh, because it was a big it was a big move for him to to leave Barcelona to to come to this project and and it's ultimately failed at the last hurdle. It, it, and then you, obviously we, there's always talk of him leaving, uh, going back to Barcelona, which probably is not on the cards anymore because mm. that is a club that is it's it's decimated, absolutely decimated. So there's not many other options for him to go on. Like I said, this is a, a very much a buyer's market now. Not a lot of clubs have got um, um, liquid uh, funds to, to go out and, and buy big game players. So it's going to be interesting to see how the transfer window goes over the next next uh, few weeks. So, I mean, the, the beginning of the new season is, what, two weeks away? Three weeks mm-hmm. away, maybe. So it's going to be interesting to see... Uh, who actually has money to spend, um, and and whether it's it's a case of you just have to put up with what you've got. <laughs> I, I think so, and I, and I and I think that's where you know teams with strong youth setups really, really are going to have a major upper hand um, mm-hmm. in in the up, in the upcoming seasons. Maybe upcoming uh, two seasons or more. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I mean, if if you are the Qatar Sports Investments Group, if you are Thomas Tuchel, and you look and you see how you know uh, you have Neymar and Mbappe, you know uh, two names that do kind of get brought up in the same circles as maybe your Messi's and Ronaldo's, uh, more Neymar than Mbappe. Mbappe is kind of more of like a name for the future, of course, uh, but um, still, nonetheless, uh, two superstar players here, uh, seeing them fall just a little bit short. If you are Thomas Tuchel, if you are um, the Qatar Sports Investments Group, I guess where do you? I guess where would you invest in in the squad? Like, like is there a particular position that that you would look into in particular for reinforcements? Uh, is, is there maybe uh, some other kind of change up that might be necessary if if you are at PSG at this moment? Yeah, there's uh, and you, you mentioned about Thiago Alcantara leaving um, by Munich. This was also the the last match for another Thiago, Thiago Silva, who has been yep. he's been an absolute rock for for PSG since since the day that they signed him. Um, it, it's it's rumored that he is possibly Premier League bound, maybe signing with Arsenal or even with Chelsea, which would be fun to see how he kind of like adapts to the English game. Uh, but I think attack-wise, uh, Di Maria, Mbappe, and, and Neymar um, are a lot are up there with with the most um, dynamic attack forces in in the whole of European football. So I don't think the, the worry is in the attacking. I think the worry is how do you replace somebody like Thiago Silva? Um, and there's not a huge plethora of of outstanding defensive talent available. I mean, I know Barcelona have kind of having a fire sale and they've got quite a few players uh, who, mm-hmm. who Paris could be potentially looking at, maybe someone like uh, Umtite. But uh, like mm. we've said in, in the in the DMs, he's very much um, like a, 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 one, <laughs> a one-legged man. Um, <laughs> there's also um, uh, Koulibaly is uh, potentially available from Napoli. Uh, mm. But his fee is... 
for for someone who is who is thirty and has not had the best of seasons with Napoli, a fee of like eighty million, which is uh, the numbers that that the Napoli are quoting, it might be um, a little bit too much. Um, so, I'd, it's hard to kind of say where you, where you would go for for to replace someone like that. So, I mean, is is one of the the top five. Ten defenders in in Europe. Mm. If if I if I were if I were the 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 Qataris, I'd be looking maybe kind of towards the north of England, uh, possibly to Anfield, and maybe <laughs> kind of try and turn turn the heads of uh, one uh, Virgil Van Dijk. Well, yeah, I mean, they would certainly have the money for uh, for Virgil Van Dyke. Um, though, I mean, it would cost them quite a bit of change. I, I will say that um, you, you would, uh, if if you would want to find a way to get Jurgen uh, Jurgen Klopp quickly out of Anfield, uh, <laughs> selling Virgil Van Dyke would be one quick way to do that. Um, I do yeah, but, like. Oh, go ahead. But I'm that sorry. kind of brings up. No, it's it's fine. It's uh, that kind of brings up another point, though. Uh, we were talking about uh, how it's um, a buyer's market, and mm. Liverpool have, have been absolutely amazing this season. Uh, two years in a row where they've, they've been a, the dominant force in England, and they haven't got the transfer funds to to go out and and splash huge sums of money on players. And these guys have just won the Premier League, so it just goes to show how tight a lot of these clubs' finances are uh, in this kind of a. Uh, uh, pandemic era, the 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 winners of the the most prestigious league in in world football have to sell to be able to 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 buy players. Um, and if I were if I was a very very rich multi billionaire, I'd be looking at, at dipping uh, quite a few players from Anfield. Yeah, I mean, again, if if they are in the market to sell, I mean, you'd have to very much force Liverpool into a very uh, an awkward position in order for them to to start selling off uh, their their stars at this point. Um, I do like the rationale that you had though in in selling uh, Thiago Silva perhaps to to Arsenal. Um, I know that he's also rumored to Chelsea, but with the prospects of him lining up with uh, William Saliba, who I think Mikel Arteta is really interested in kind of pairing him up with somebody, you could have two you know very very good center backs here, a nice mix of youth and experience. Uh, and uh, I, I guess uh, I, I don't know, just some really. I feel very strongly, I guess, about that pairing together there compared to maybe what he could do with with Chelsea, perhaps. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think with how weak um, Luis has been, uh, Arsenal definitely need to strengthen at the back, and uh, Thiago Silva would would fit in really well there. But then on on the 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 side for Chelsea, it's looking likely that they're picking up Ben Chilwell, um, mm-hmm. and I think they 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 kind of may not be in the market for for paying out the wages of, of Thiago Silva. Although he has said that he would be happy to take a, a huge wage drop just to be able to play in the Premier League. So it's. It's a free for all. It's it really is a free for all with uh, with all the the talent that is going to be available because clubs can't afford wages and they need uh, money to to kind of strengthen in other in other places in the squad. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks for this transfer window. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and and I know that you'd you'd brought up Liverpool, and I hate to keep going back to to Liverpool, but uh, you, you really razzled me with that one. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make one one more quick note about something here. We uh, Liverpool did sell uh, uh, Dayon Lovren um, earlier in the uh, in the transfer window, um, and uh, they actually made uh, a debut for Billy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm maybe mispronounce this name here uh Cuomateo uh Cuomateo I believe mm-hmm. um yesterday and uh he looked very very impressive I think that the, you do have a long-term replacement for your um uh for uh, Virgil van Dyke perhaps uh in, in uh this this young man here he's only he's only 17 and he was quite clearly the biggest person to take the pitch uh, yesterday, uh, so I am very excited to see what they uh, do with him. I think that he he could be in line for some big things this season uh, with Liverpool. Um, looking elsewhere, though, in the Champions League, because that's what this episode is, uh, I guess, all about. Um, do you see anybody uh, next year uh, that uh, really stands out in your mind as having major potential? Uh, to reaching the finals or even winning the whole thing, Mags. Um, I think I think we'll we'll see the English teams really kind of push forward and, and try and reclaim some dominance. Um, I think Leon had a really really good showing, and and like I said, Atalanta really kind of turned some heads. Uh, but ultimately, it, it's probably going to be the, the the same few teams that that have, have dominated. This term, we're going to see probably City, uh, Liverpool, Paris, uh, Bayern. Um, I, I'm very 50-50 on whether Barcelona will make an impact. I think they are going to struggle. Obviously, Real Madrid, and, and if they pull in a few Galacticos again this season under Zidane, they'll they'll always be there or thereabouts. Um I think we're we're going to see like the the kind of downfall of teams like Juve, uh, who just don't seem to be um, don't seem to be buying well, and they're a very aging squad. Um, so yeah, I think we it's going to be a, a slow transition to kind of like uh, new teams coming through. Um, but I, th- I think we're we're going to get back to where maybe uh, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea. Uh, City are gonna are gonna be there or thereabouts. I, I would definitely say um, I, I agree with you as far as seeing more uh, English teams and and prop, uh, possibly even you know more German resurgence here because I mean we did see a very strong Leipzig team. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. up to them to to keep uh, their team together. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you, you definitely can't count out teams like like Leipzig or uh, or Bayern for that matter. Um, I am somewhat skeptical of, um, uh, of of pretty much any of the Spanish teams. Uh, I'll be quite honest with you, because um, it, it does seem as though that Real Madrid does tend to have uh, a little bit of extra strength, but they're they're still not nearly as cohesive as they were uh, a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that just speaks volumes as to how much they they possibly miss Ronaldo. Um, I think yeah. you do you do raise a very good point about uh, Juventus and um, how aged their squad looks um, at the moment. It, it is a bit concerning there for sure. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I, I but yes, uh, I would agree with you here in thinking that uh, perhaps the the next I guess 
Champions League winner will possibly come back again from uh, from England, perhaps, or or maybe once again from Germany. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Um, Mags, uh, to, I guess to close things out here today, were there any particular moments or, or um, anything, any, any matchups perhaps that shocked you the most over the course of this very long Champions League season? <laughs> well, I think it would be kind of remiss to not, uh, to not look at how dominant uh, Bayern were against Barcelona. Uh, that... That's a, a match that will go down in in infamy of, of kind of like the one of the biggest dogs in the yard historically getting absolutely put to the sword. But for me, the 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 biggest shock, and I don't think it's a shock in terms of the result, but a shock in terms of the kind of the way that um, the the English press and the the fan base has kind of approached this game was uh was city's 3-1 loss to uh leon uh mm. leon were were very unfairly overlooked almost like they were uh city were were kind of discounting them before the match even kicked off uh the 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 press were and even the commentators were were kind of like very dismissive towards Leon. Even when Leon were, were winning the match, it was like, how can City be losing like this? Uh, it's because Leon were the better team on the day. It's as simple <laughs> as that. City City didn't give Leon the respect that they clearly deserved, and and they got absolutely hammered for it. Uh, so for me, that's that was interesting. It was almost kind of like knocking City down a peg or two, who, who were kind of like very like almost boastful in the way they they beat the the uh, fair play uh, financial fair play ruling and they kind of were were looking to to dominate in Europe and and overlooking a, a team a small team like Leon. I mean we look at the the uh, league as kind of like a, a farmer league where mm. uh, the the Spanish leagues and and the Italian leagues kind of pick the players with what they want out of them. Uh, but yeah, I think Leon kind of like upset a lot of the apple cart when they beat City. So, yeah, I think I'd go with that as being my kind of surprise moment of this tournament. I would definitely agree uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, shocking upsets. I mean, you would... I, I don't want to keep going and talking about Liverpool, so we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> Manchester City. Um, you know, uh, th- I'll be honest. I don't think that the game should have happened between Atletico and Liverpool um, that day. I think they should have shut things down. But yeah. I digress. Um, but let's talk about Manchester City um, because uh, you, you have a team um, like Manchester City that's just so, um, generally speaking, so dominant. Right, and, and a lot of them that has to do with the same kind of spinning power like PSG has. They they've invested so much into that team, um, and you've got uh, who someone who some people may argue may be the best uh, you know manager in the world in Pep Guardiola. I mean, there's certainly an argument for that. I would think, um, but with that being said. Um, you have a, a Leon team who went and really did quite the job uh, on Juventus, knocking them out. Um, I'm just very surprised that maybe Pep Guardiola didn't um, line up in a particular way uh, that that maybe offered them more respect. I, I don't quite know mm-hmm. tactically what was maybe going through his mind there. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think he, the 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 team kind of were looking past Leon uh, as if. 
Leon wasn't on their level, which on paper they they aren't. Uh, but that's on paper doesn't win matches. You've mm. got to you've got to do it on the pitch, and and City just didn't. And Leon were were very um, very tight. They were very uh, well structured. They played a, a great game. Uh, Dembele had a had, had an outstanding game, uh, and yeah, they just they just they humbled City, and I think <laughs> City needed it. Mm. I agree. I agree, and and very much in the same way. Um, again, that uh, that you had mentioned uh, Bayern humbling Barcelona. I think that that's that's probably the real the the real winner as uh, as far as shocking moments of this year's Champions League. I, I mean, I, I think everybody has this this glorified view of Barcelona uh, because of of I guess years gone by, and and you have Lionel Messi and. Um, you know, I think that uh, they truly were humbled at the hands of, of Bayern Munich here in, in mm-hmm. the Champions League this year. Um, yeah, you- and, we, and we and we spoke about it in the DMs, and it was it was an issue of their own doing. The the fact that they, Barcelona have historically been a team that brings up uh, players from a, the arguably the best youth system in the world, and and. They they changed the way that they 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 brought players in. They they tried to compete with the Galacticos of Real Madrid by spending obscene amounts of money on players with names rather than players that needed to fit in their system. Hmm. But the the big issue that that Barcelona had, and it will be an issue until the guy leaves or until he retires, is that that Lionel Messi, as an amazing a player as he is, he has got way too much stroke for the club. He's Hmm. almost as if he's bigger than the club. There's uh, how many um, transfer... um, uh, officers have they gone through with Lionel Messi uh, at the club? I think someone's. Uh, there was a report today that said they've had ten people involved in transfers over the last five years, uh, and and they've all been forced out of the club because Messi wants wants people brought in who he likes or who he wants to play with. Mm. Uh, he he has a such a toxic kind of influence over the the team he, he's forced out uh directors of football he's forced out managers every time he doesn't uh get his own way he throws his toys out the pram and he's and he's <laughs> threatening to leave and then gets a massive uh uh wage increase to to kind of keep him happy i think he's what's he on six hundred thousand um euros a week after tax that's obscene absolutely obscene mm-hmm. um and and again this year uh because he he the team got absolutely decimated and he was part of that team. There's mm. no getting away with it, no getting away from it. The guy was on that pitch when they got decimated. So he has to accept responsibility for that. But he doesn't want to accept responsibility. It's, it's everyone else's fault but Lionel Messi. And he throws his, his toys out the pram and, and Barcelona bow to him. And this is this is the problem. They bought Griezmann on Messi's say-so. They brought in Suarez on Messi's say-so. And they, they got rid of Neymar because Messi because he was sick of being under uh, overshadowed by, by Messi. It's just I don't like the player power that there is now. I mean, we've spoke about transfers, for instance. We're getting to the point now where 
uh, players are agreeing wages and contracts with a club before the clubs have even uh, agreed a transfer fee. It's that's it's surreal to me. That mm. that was never used to be the case. It the player was never ever allowed permission to speak to a club until those clubs come to an agreement on a transfer. The player power now is just absolutely unreal, and something really needs to be done in in uh, European football to kind of take this power away from from the players and and put it back in the hands of the clubs mm, mm-hmm. i i mean very well said man <laughs> very well said um it, yeah it, it it's going to be an interesting few months here um i i guess going back into premier league going back into uh the champions league and we'll, we'll definitely be covering other leagues here as well uh but uh you and i will be talking about uh the um i i guess the the premier league kickoff and 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 kind of uh do some preseason talk here uh on another episode um but mags uh for the champions league uh one last uh little bit of thoughts from you here do you have an mvp uh, of the Champions League this year, um, I've got an MVP of the the league, the the Champions League in general. It's got to be Lewandowski. The guy's been absolutely just amazing for someone at thirty one years old to be so dominant. I think there was a statistic where he was involved in a goal every fifty five minutes, which is absolutely unreal. Ten goals in five games in in the in the in the, in the uh, group stages. Yeah, it was it was. It was superb. There's no getting away from it. It was superb. In terms of this match, I would have said, I think Kingsley Coleman was an absolute superstar today. Mm-hmm. That guy, was he was the difference between these two clubs. Yeah, and, and that's that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting shout here too because, I mean, he really kind of hasn't been I guess around too much, and, and I guess he he was a little bit of an, yeah. an ace up the sleeve of Hansi Flick today, um, put, putting him on the field and really causing some damage. I guess, but a nice little one two combo with him and uh, Alf, um, Alfonsi Davis there, um, yeah, uh, Davies. The pace rather. down that left wing, Oof, the pace of Coleman and Davis. It's frightening, absolutely frightening. If Davis could kind of up his defensive game a little bit, he'd be he'd be a world beater. Well, I mean, it's uh, I mean, you're gonna have him and Leroy Sane together on the, on the oh, left side, good, and that's gonna be Lord. yeah, that's that's gonna be lightning. <laughs> um, you know, so I mean, all all the more for Bayern to maybe hopefully get some kind of midfielder in. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess in their ranks, somebody who can. Uh, you can't do an out-and-out replacement of Tiago, but you could certainly try and find somebody in the middle of the park to be in more of that quarterback kind of position. Uh, and, you there'll, know. and there'll be plenty of people out there because, like I said, this is a buyer's market now. People are trying to, to get wages off the books. They're trying to get uh, funds in to, to sort their own transfers out. There's going to be plenty of, of amazing talent available. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I, I'm gonna say um, I don't know, man. It, this might be a, a weird shout, but there's something about Thomas Muller who keeps that Bayern Munich team continuously ticking along, especially when he's in the mm-hmm. middle of the park. He's not. He's not even really a number ten. He doesn't even really like. You can play him on the wings, but he's really not a winger. But like every, I don't know. He something about him in that team and the space that he takes up and the the little things that he does off the ball uh, to to really keep that Bayern Munich team turning over. Uh, just for some reason, his mind comes to to me first here. Uh, so I would probably have to go with somebody like. 
like maybe Thomas Muller or maybe even uh, Thiago Alcantara himself uh, for for my MVP of the Champions League uh, since the restart. So um, great picks. Well, thank you, sir, and great picks yourself, um, Mags. Where can the people find you on Twitter? They can find me at Josh Robinson Double Zero <laughs> or at Gide Robinson Double Zero. That's my cat's account. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at DJ Kirkby. Um Yeah, um, usually in an argument, usually getting blocked by someone. Uh, but yeah, it's always a fun time getting conversations with me. Usually about food, actually. Recently, ooh, you got blocked about food? No, I didn't get blocked. I'm usually in oh. conversations about food. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was like, wait, who blocked you about food? <laughs> what? That doesn't make sense. I would not be surprised. To be fair, <laughs> uh, when when you have a tag team partner like Paul Toller who has horrific food takes, you deserve to get blocked sometimes. Fair enough. <laughs> Alrighty, well, um, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Radio Techers. Uh, again, that's R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Uh, you'll be able to find this episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, uh, or, or wherever you're listening to this show right now. Just you know, pick a place. That's that's all, that's all we ask. Um, but uh, I am, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and you guys have yourselves a great rest of your day. Thank you again for tuning in to uh, our very first episode. Yeah. Awesome.